uh, a little bit of a change with the Wizards. Like there was a legitimate cultural change. We're going to talk about it. I'm Fred Katz. I'm, I cover the Wizards for The Athletic. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. I'm here with Nick Cosmider. Covers the... Who do they play? The Nuggets. The Nuggets. The yeah, Nuggets. Also the nuggets. for the Athletic. I think that's what's happening. It's, I've been on the road for like six days now and a bunch of cities, trains, planes, automobiles. So, But yes, I do know that I cover the Nuggets. They all blend together. <laughs> like a road trip, they all blend together. This is a hallway podcast, by the way. We're yeah, just in, cool. This is why it's a massive change for the Wizards, by the way. <laughs> right, because yes, yes. Cause we're in a hallway as opposed to ducking into a room like we normally do. I mean, the audio space is so competitive that you have to find new ways to, you know, <laughs> exactly. to set yourself apart. Right. The way we set ourselves apart on this podcast is uh, horrible quality. <laughs> That's the one way to do it. Terrible jokes. Uh-huh. Generally annoying hosting. Okay. And really, really good guests to offset <laughs> all of it. I was I say I was going to be able to contribute almost all of that until you said really good guests. So. You can really help me with the audio quality. Okay. Just start like ruffling. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Hey, listener, how you feel about that? Yeah. yeah. So Anything. now I have to look at this paper that I just crumpled <laughs> up. I can't this read. Reminds me of a story earlier this year, Nikola Jokic. Um, this this is a guy who is a fringe MVP candidate. There was a there was a stat sheet on the ground after a game. He had a big game against like Portland. I think he, he might have even had a triple double. I don't know, but he like the stat sheet as he comes to talk to the media is on the ground, and instead of picking it up so that he can look at it, he just stands like this, and he's like, "Well, yeah. the listeners don't know what." Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like this. This is me standing over the stat sheet, peering down at it on the ground, um, and saying, "Like, yeah, Gary Harris had a really great night tonight. He made, you know, a couple threes. Like, you know, just pick it up, or, or ask somebody to pick it up." Also, no. his eyesight must be great. Yeah. In order, because he's looking at it from a much Larger distance, much larger than you or I. I'm six five. He's a good seven inches taller than me, and uh, yeah, he's peering down like I can't. I can't read this at all. So, yeah, maybe yep. that that's that's the vision. I think I made a joke. That's why you can yeah. see everywhere on the court. Yeah, exactly. Um, not the craziest stat line of his season, but he did his Jokic things tonight. Fifteen, six, and eleven. The Nuggets beat the Wizards one thirteen to one oh eight. The reason why I say it was. An important night for the Wizards. A change in vibe for the Wizards. So last night after the Wizards end up losing in... Where was I last night? You were in Chicago. I, I was in Chicago. Yeah. See, this all blends together. All blends together. <laughs> this all blends together. Uh, last night I was in Chicago, and they lose in overtime to the Bulls, and they were frustrated, man. Like, everybody was so angry, and Brad especially was more frustrated than really I've seen him all season. And after the game... That felt kind of like the... That felt like it... That felt like it. Even though mathematically it wasn't it, it really felt like it. Certainly to them, it felt like it. Um, I think to people on the outside, it probably felt like it a little bit earlier. But to them, I think they were holding out hope, and that was the one where it's like, okay, they got to win that. They can come back, take maybe, maybe come out and compete against Denver and get that win. They got Miami coming up. You know, so there was a potential path. There was optimism. I don't know if there was a potential path, but they didn't think, all right, the door is shut. There was that, that little creek, yeah. you know, where they were able to, to open it up. And I think once they lost that, I think Brad had just had enough. And he talked about, we didn't want to win. We just didn't want to win. And, you know, I asked him, what do you mean by that? He said, you watched the game. We didn't want to win. You saw it. We didn't want to win. It's like, okay. And then, you know. Scott Brooks talked about it before the game, said he was just frustrated, all that. But, like, it seems like, and this isn't just Brad, this is the whole team, it seemed like there was a, a switch that flicked because all season this organization has been preaching 
the goal first and foremost is to make it to the playoffs. That's Ted Leonsis' quote. And they're going to make the playoffs, and they'll never, ever tank. That's like what Ted Leonsis, the team owner, said. Scott Brooks all season has been preaching, no, we have a chance of making the playoffs. We want to make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. And same thing with Bradley Beal and all the players and all that. And you never hear anything about next season or this summer or anything like that. And all of a sudden tonight, Trevor Ariza has what I'm pretty sure is a minor groin injury. Mm-hmm. Of course it's smart. You sit him. He's got a minor groin injury. You're 30 and 43 now. You sit him. Starts Troy Brown. Troy Brown plays th- 33 minutes. Plays pretty well. He puts Thomas Bryant in the starting lineup over Jeff Green. Thomas Bryant and Bobby Portis have played a combined five minutes together wow. all year, but it's important. Both of them are restricted free agents coming up. Thomas Bryant's 21. Bobby Portis is 23. You want to see if they can play together because you've got Dwight Howard on the books for next year. You've got Yama Mahimi on the books for next year. Are you going to pay four centers, none of whom you believe can actually play together? So, when, you know, Scott Brooks, you ask him after the game, why did you do that with the starting lineup? He said it was experimentation to see for next year. It's like that is the first time he has said anything like anyone yeah. from the organization has said anything like that. So, so this was really the changing game. Like the, kind of the last 24 hours have been the transition of, all right, done, done licking the wounds. It happens fast, too. I think when teams realize that they're, they're out of it, they'll, they'll, they'll go to it as soon as they can, not waste any time. I remember... In the 2016-17 season, um, the Nuggets ended up finishing a game behind the, the Trailblazers for the eighth spot in the West. But when they got beat by Russell Westbrook, he had his, his dagger in Denver. Um, Nuggets were out officially that day and still had two more games left to go. Well, they immediately put in Malik Beasley to play like 30 minutes each of those two games, and he hadn't played hardly at all all year long. So I think once you at any chance you have to start looking at something, I feel like that's the team's teams try to do and so it seems to me like yeah that that was it maybe we're just we're just going forward now i was at that game you're talking about you were, you were that's right yeah okay. i was at that game that was one of the weirdest crowds i've ever been to in my life because it gets talked about in denver all the time well because russell so russell that was the day he broke the triple double record correct he broke the record for most single game triple doubles in a single season right he broke oscar's record 42 i think it was and he did it on that pass to Samaje Christian in the corner. And then he hit a buzzer-beating three to give him 50 points. From, like, 30 feet away. Right, and to cap off a, to like a turnaround with, like, n- no time left on the clock off an inbounds play yeah. with very little time left. Uh, it beat the buzzer. It gave him exactly 50 points for the night. He had a triple-double. It was, like, the most, you know, storybook yeah. way to break a record you possibly could. And it eliminated the Nuggets from the playoffs. And he got a standing <laughs> ovation. In Denver. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was like sort of the hot topic on uh, Denver Sports Radio the next morning. Um, you know, the local hosts who have lived here for years were like, you know, kind of outraged. Like, how can you, how can you do this? Like, how can you cheer for this guy? How can you not just cheer for him, but give him, like you said, a standing ovation? Um, you know, and I, I argue that you're, you're seeing something that you're never going to see. Um, you know, your team has been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I, I think that you know, a fan can appreciate what a fan wants to appreciate. But it was weird. It was certainly a strange thing to see a guy from you know on the other team, um, you know, come in and score fifty points. Get those. It was it was one of the wildest things I've seen. Yeah, it was. We got. I love I love doing the podcast in the hallway. People just come by, 
have no idea what yeah. we're doing. They look like we're just a couple guys like standing here having a speakerphone conversation with we their mom. We quite literally are. We are a couple guys just standing here, minus minus the mom. Minus the mom. We are quite literally a couple guys. Uh, I I do want to talk my about mom's got a speakerphone in my pocket because she's real excited listening <laughs> in, excited for me to be on your podcast. It's great. I can send her the link too. Yeah. It would be a lot. Use it. Your mom would be a lot more valuable to me if she just subscribed. Subscribe. I actually got her to subscribe uh, just this week. Yeah, subscribe this to the Athletics this week. I only been working. Wow. For almost a year it took, but um, <laughs> she's on board now. It's a big deal. It is. It is. That's a big deal. I, my mom definitely does not subscribe. <laughs> there's no way. No. She, there's absolutely no way. She's definitely never read. She <laughs> tells me that everything I wrote was Great. amazing, <laughs> but she's never read any of it. Well, you know, you can do no wrong, right? I won't understand it, <laughs> but I know it's amazing. <laughs> That's what it is every time. Uh, Troy Brown. So Troy Brown tonight. With uh, it's funny because like you you were you were like why was Troy Brown the story right it's like you know so Troy Brown plays a career high thirty three minutes tonight he goes six for ten from the field he has five boards he has three assists scores thirteen nine of those came in the fourth in the third quarter when he was really running well he was running the floor he was finishing the what was the final score in there in, of that thirty two to twenty four and that they was, went on it was really a, it was a much bigger. Yeah, uh, gap for the Wizards. It was Nuggets 17 on a 10-0, yeah. a 10-0 run. Ironically, after it was uh, uh, Scott Brooks called a timeout, and then the Nuggets um, climbed a 10-0 run to tie it at the end of the third quarter. But yeah, uh, Troy Brown was a big part of why they got. You know, obviously Brad Beal started cooking too, but um, yeah, they they put it on in the third quarter. That was pretty and a pretty impressive run. Especially a lot of it came against Denver starters too. I kind of like Troy Brown. His game is really mature. His personality is really mature. His game is very, very congruent with his personality. Like, very much so. You talk to him, and you're like, there's no way that kid is 19 years old. Like, he has nuanced opinions yeah. on the D.C. real estate market. Yeah. I didn't even know what a real estate market was when I was 19. Like, yeah. Like he's, he's literally 19. And he has, like, it's not like he's even from D.C. Right. He just, like, you know, I was talking to him about, you know, him looking at apartments when he first got. He's, he's given me... Now, this was overpriced for this neighborhood, and, and this was good. This building's good, but this is. And, you know, I, I think this is going to get more expensive. I don't want to deal with the rent spikes there. And I'm like, my God, you're 19. Right. Get a, you're 19 years old, and you're making seven figures. Get an overpriced place and just make a bad decision. But, like, his, his game is very in line with that sort of personality. Uh, and so... You kind of see it tonight in some ways. I think he's his game is maturing a lot. He's he's become a lot more patient in terms of creating for others. He's, he's a really good loose ball guy for a guy who's not an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. He just kind of has like there's some guys who kind of have the skill of they're just kind of always around the ball, and there's not really a way to you know what I mean. There's not really a way to yeah to yeah. place it, but he's just kind of always around the ball. Ball. He's really good at reading the ball in the air and finding out the path of where it's going to go and and kind of getting those ricochets and that kind of stuff. Like he just kind of has those skills, and I think he's going to be a really nice uh, rotation player for them. Like I think coming into next year, we're talking about building for next year, and who knows what kind of a team they're going to have next year. They have like two or three rotation players who are under contract for right. next year, so who knows what the roster is going to look like? But Troy Brown, in all likelihood, is going to be one of those guys. And I feel I think they should feel pretty good about him right now. Yeah. They put him in the rotation three weeks ago, and he he's already pretty competent. Right, and, and, and like you said, if I mean if they're going to 
they're going to go forward on this of, of kind of like giving guys like him a chance, whether it's in the starting lineup or simply more minutes. You know, these are these are those stretch runs where players can really kind of start making a name for themselves or, or, or really catching a coach's eye um, and, and say and make them say, hey, this is a guy that we really need to, to look at and need to consider going forward of, of being a real part of this. And I also think that it gets players motivated for an off season. If you if you end a season and you're really starting to get run, you're really starting to feel good about it. I really I, I believe that that stuff can carry over. I, I really do. And I don't know if he's going to play summer league or whatever it might be, but his his next opportunity to you know to, to have an off season to get better. I remember he came he came to Denver for a draft workout, um, and I can't remember he, he had he had some group some group he was with that was like a, a, a bunch of guys that were older who had played three or four years. And I remember saying to somebody like that kid was just he played one year of college and he only played a, a portion of the season. Is that is that right or am I misremembering that? I think you're misremembering okay, that. Okay, yeah. but just one but year. One year. But one yeah, year. Yeah, one year. And um, and that's I, I said the same thing. I said this this guy is already he's smart. Like he he was. I remember being really impressed by him. In, in that media interaction setting, because he he was smart, you felt like this this is a guy that kind of gets it. Um, so yeah, this you know this could be a catapult. I, I feel like, and we need more Pac-12 representation. As a Pac-12 alum myself, I'm all for it. There you go. Heard it first from the very biased source. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think he would probably will play summer league. I, I no one's told me that, but yeah. I just based on the way summer league usually works, I imagine they'll they'll have him play summer league and and uh, you know get him. More time, more minutes, more experience. Give him time as a lead ball handler exclusively because he can be kind of like that. That you know, I've compared him to him before. That like Evan Turner type, yeah. where like he can he can play the one, but he can also be your kind of off ball facilitator mm-hmm. type. Like, yeah, secondary creator. Exactly, of. he can be a pretty right. good cutter, and if he can ever improve his shooting, <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like you, you really you got a nice you got a nice role player, but like. As you very well know, you cover the Nuggets. I don't know if there's a team in the league who has found more talent in the middle to the end of the draft. Yeah. yeah. Denver. I mean, you look through their ro- – like, you can find decent players in the middle of the draft. And yeah. I mean, I mean, look at their roster, man. Gary like, Harris was a 19th pick. Um, obviously, Nikola Jokic was the 41st pick of the second round in 2014. Mm-hmm. Malik Beasley was a 19th pick. Monte Morris was the 51st pick. Um, you know, these are all guys who are. You know, Will Barton was a second rounder who they eventually traded for with Portland. There's, there's not. There's the highest mm-hmm. guy that they have is, is seventh overall, and, and that was Jamal Murray. Um, everybody else is, uh, you know, is a guy they either got in a trade, who they plucked off the end of a bench and gave a chance to, or just yeah. Hit, I mean, you, you hit on a guy like Monte Morris at 51, and he's he's a major part of the rotation. He might be one. Of, he's one of the best backup point guards in the league this year. I mean, in, in his second year, like. You know, it, the the Nuggets will tell you that a lot of it, that, that some of it is luck. You know, you, you you have to get lucky, especially when it comes to Nikola Jokic. You know, they did their homework; they were in that position to be able to um, select him. But you have to get lucky a little bit. Um, but yeah, that that's that's a big part of it. They you look up and down the rotation; it's just guys who they found in kind of you know small corners of the draft, so to speak, or dark corners of the draft. Yeah, all these teams, whenever they draft a guy in the second round, and he really becomes like legitimately great. Jokic, Draymond, whatever. All these teams, the teams that end up drafting him are like, yeah, of course, of course we knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we took him. Of course we knew. And everyone's like, yeah, they were the ones who knew. They were the ones who took him, right? They're the ones who did it right. 
They didn't know. No. If they knew, then why didn't they trade right. up for him? If they knew he was going to yeah. be a potentially... <laughs> why didn't they take him in the first round then? Nicole yeah. Jokic is going to be probably either first or second team All-NBA center this year. Um, they would have drafted him in the, with their first round pick when they drafted Yusuf Nurkic, or they would have traded to the top of the first round or even earlier in the right. second round. And it would have been worth it. Right. Because they knew. Right. No, no, no. And, and so you appreciate those organizations that have... Um, you know, they, they have some self-awareness. Yeah. About well, that's that's also why, like, I think when we talk about the draft, and I don't mean you and me, I just mean the general NBA public, we yeah, usually... we. Yes, the royal we. We talk about it in this way that it's um, it's only about finding talent. Look at that. They found Jokic, or they found, you know, Utah found Millsap, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. But so much of it is developing talent. And you can find tons of talent. And, like, you see, like, there are some teams out there who, like, players leave them and they start to develop and they get good. And people are like, why is this happening? Because developing talent is a, is a real trait for an organization, are too. Talking, are you talking directly at the Los Angeles Lakers and, <laughs> and what's happening and, and, and you know, the, the idea that uh, no comment. they trade X is going to be an all-star? No, no comment. So Thomas Bryant. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. 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 Another right, one of those right. guys. But, like... Developing talent is a skill. Like, I covered an organization that's great at developing talent. I mean, you look at all the reclamation. You know, they drafted Andre Robertson when people were like, how in the world are you taking this guy in the first round? And people thought they were only doing it because he agreed to take 80% of the rookie scale and was just going to be cheap. They turned him into an all-defensive guy. They trade for Jeremy Grant, who was just raw as hell, and now he's like Pascal Siakam Light. You know, like, he's you look at... You look at the way that they develop those guys, and that's a player development. And how much better is Steven Adams since, yeah, since same, he got there? Same thing. Like, unbelievably, and he was raw. He didn't start playing real basketball until basically he got to pit. Yeah. Um, and he'll be the first to tell you that. And the Nuggets are clearly in that line right yeah. now. Like, yeah. Like, they are clearly so good at not just finding that talent, but, but developing it. And, and that's something that I think the Wizards are kind of hoping they can do with a guy like Troy Brown, if they end up bringing back Thomas Bryant mm-hmm. with someone like him. Even Bobby Portis, who it feels like he's been around forever, but he's still only 23. 23. You know, those sorts of guys, they want them to actually develop under their watch. I think that's part of why they're really proud of what's happening with Thomas Bryant. Yeah, yeah. Because he's better now than he was at the start of the year. And he won't be an all-star or anything. But he's, he's clearly an NBA player, and he's a dude who they just claimed off of waivers, you right. know? So I think that's part of why. Yeah, no, you, you absolutely have to hit that. That is one of that is one of um, Denver staples. Like a guy, like again, Malik Beasley. He barely played his rookie year, mostly in between NBA and the, and the, the G League. Um, had spot time in the rotation a year ago, and um, you know now he's now he's an integral part of, of what they're doing. Um, he's one of the better three point shooters in the NBA. A guy who couldn't couldn't hit an outside shot with any kind of consistency. Um, the first two years of his career, and he has been completely reworked and changed his shot with their development staff. It has been, um, you know, uh, uh, over 40% the entire year. Monte Morris, who never shot better than, you know, 37% in college, is a, is a 44% three-point shooter this year. So they've done a lot of work with those guys, and, and you're right. That, that's what you have to have, especially if your mode is to, like, really try to, you know, middle market teams that aren't, aren't going to be in that free agency aren't going to have the best chance of getting these stars to come here come to their cities, um, that's that's what you have to do. You have to identify and get a little lucky in the draft and then and then develop. Cool, man. Uh, anything else before we go? Plug your stuff. 
before we wrap up? Plug my stuff. Um, you can read that, me at that the athletic. sounded extremely. <laughs> you can read me at theathletic.com. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and that's you know, it's 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 fun. I um, I'm working on a piece that's gonna be. I don't want to give it away, but um, I talked to Robert Pack about it today, so it's gonna be good. There you go. Yeah. If geez. you get an assistant coach, I, people don't know. I hear. I hear. If I hear. You get an assistant coach. That's a, that's a big deal. It's a big. It's a big then coup. you got a big piece it's coming. A big coup. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. assistant coaches don't talk to media. Right. It's it's not it's Robert Pack, but it, it's Nuggets related. So it wasn't like I was you know it wasn't about the game or whatever. Um, former former Nugget player. Um, so that's that's a tease. People might might know what it's about. Cool. And where can people find your work? At the athletic. At the athletic. But how about what's your Twitter handle again? Oh, uh, at Nick Cosmider, which is N I C K K O S M I D E R. Great, and you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes. You can give us five stars. You can leave a really nice review. I can't make the Wizards win, but I can tell you all about whatever the hell is going on. I make my uh, mom give you five stars. Yeah, <laughs> all mothers should give me five stars. They don't even need to listen. No, just subscribe. They, and give they, me five they stars. They know it's great. Have your mom tell her friends. Leave I'll nice have my reviews. Mom tell her friends. It'll there be, we go. It'll be great. That's perfect. Um, I'll be back. Wizards off tomorrow. Play on Saturday. That's against Miami. There's seven back in the loss column, by the way, of Miami, who's eighth right now, with nine games to go. If Miami wins tomorrow, that means that if Miami beats them on Saturday, Miami is going to be up eight with eight games to go, and Miami's going to own the tiebreaker, which means that Miami is going to clinch a better spot than them, which means... They've basically, that's it. They're gone. Uh, so we're we're getting to that mathematical point too, and that's why they're sensing all this. Uh, but I'll be back on Saturday, uh, maybe with a little bit of a dire podcast, or maybe for the uh, people who are just rooting for them to tank, which is probably the majority of the yeah. Wizards population. Maybe maybe a good one for you. People uh, hold that switch pretty quickly. I know. I'll be back on Saturday. I'll talk to you guys then.